This is Free Scotty J, a documentary podcast series from the Charleston Activist Network. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden, and on this episode, we travel out to North Charleston to an area barbershop with Scotty to talk about entrepreneurship. On this episode, I follow Scotty to an area barbershop. It's run by two men with a compelling story of their own, a story that is not unlike Scotty's. As we enter the shop, it's early in the morning, it's during the weekday, there's plenty of sports television on each screen, and it's already lively with conversation and laughter. And so it's easy to slip into a conversation with Scotty about not just entrepreneurship, but what the barbershop means to the black community and how Scotty hopes to emulate the success of the men who own this specific shop. We talk about barriers to entry for Scotty in this episode, and we invite Nate to come back, and we discuss his, his journey post-incarceration, how hard it was for him to secure employment, what, he, what does he think that inmates need, what kind of tools do inmates need when they leave prison. We also listen to a little excerpt from a TED Talk from a former inmate, Cos Marte. You'll hear all of that in this episode, but for right now, we're going to take a listen and have Scotty tell us what he feels is important for men like him and women who need a shot, who need a chance here after they leave the prison system and what it takes for them to be successful and for them to really, truly be free. The black male community, you know what I'm saying? You can come in here and politics, talk about sports. You can laugh, you can, try, you can cry, you can be all the way real, you can be yourself in the barbershop, you know. And I just feel we just need more uh, positive um, hangout areas. You know, it don't have to be a church, you know, because everybody ain't with that atmosphere. You know, but it could be somewhere relaxing where we we listening to good music. We having we having drinks, whatever you want to do. But we also talk about real issues and, and uplifting each other. You know what I mean? And and, and 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 showing each other how to make money because economic empowerment. Yeah, because I'm tired of the talking. I don't wanna hear no more. I got a dream. I don't wanna hear no more. None of that. You know, it's time for us to take a real stand. Put your money where your mouth is or shut up. You think it's hard for um, for people to, 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 like, take a step out and, like, find a space, get the license and, get you know, get incorporated, form a, a business? You think people are, are intimidated by that step? Definitely, you know. They, 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 they... But the reason why we are intimidated, because we don't have a lot of examples. If everybody in the black community had businesses, if it was normal for um, black men and black women to own their own business, it would be easy (laughs) to, to take that step. But if you ain't never seen your mama do it, if you ain't never seen your daddy do it, then, you know... What example you got to go off of? So, so do you? How do you feel about um, entrepreneurship and how it can help someone 
who has exited or who is still dealing with the criminal, you know, someone who was, who was convicted of a crime, how do you feel like entrepreneurship helps? I think it's vital. I think it's very important to one, to, to, to build something that you can feel proud of, to build something that um, you could take care of your family um, with, you know what I'm saying? Because you might have all the skills in the world, but with that record, you will be denied the opportunity to take care of your family. So it's important that you create those opportunities. And it can be done. But we have to start sharing more information. It's all about information. We have opportunities. We have money. Guys, you know, and even on the bad side of it, you know, you got people uh, selling drugs and (laughs) doing fraud and all this other crazy shit to make money. So don't act like you ain't got no money. You know what I mean? We got to figure out other things to do with our money. It can be done. But we got to collectively come together. And that's the, that's, that's the hard part. So those were Scotty's thoughts about what it takes to be successful once you leave prison and re-enter the community. And it was very telling. You hear him wanting independence and just a viable opportunity to support himself. He has a lot of ideas, some that work and some that don't. This next clip is from a TED Talk. It features the voice of Kaz Marte a gentleman who was incarcerated for several years and was able to take his experience with the criminal justice system. He was able to take his daily life there and actually transform that into a viable business opportunity upon leaving prison. Listen to how the audience engages with him and how they respond to his story. Back to prison. I was not going to go back to the street life that I always went back to. See, at 13, I committed my first crime. And from 13 to 27, I was incarcerated 10 times. So I came home, and I thought it was going to be easier than what I thought. It was actually really, really hard. See, in America, 76% of inmates return back to prison because we have the lack of opportunities when we come out, and they have this application process that asks you if you've ever been committed of a criminal conviction. And you have to say yes or no. This quickly says, basically, you're not employable. So I came home to my no money, my mom's couch, and I came out with a dream to start a company, to start Combody, which hires formerly incarcerated individuals to teach fitness classes. And it was not only just a company, but it was a a movement that I wanted to start because of the issues that we face with when we come home. So I started doing this in the local parks, then renting out studios, and I attracted the same people. Well, I used the same transferable skills that I used when I was selling drugs. See, when I was selling drugs, (laughs) I made... I changed the way we sell drugs. I I made 10,000 business cards, and I gave it out to every professional that I thought used drugs. (laughs) And 
the transferable skills that I used was basically I used another vehicle. I, I saw a different target market out there. When I came home, I saw all these ladies with yoga pants, and I said, this, this is my target market. So I went up to... <laughs> Did you hear how warmly the audience accepted and received cause? It, it's amazing to hear. Um, to listen to the entire TED Talk, just head to the show notes of this episode. I'll have a link there. I encourage you just to, to listen to the entire thing. It's not that long, but it's very powerful. But did you did you listen to Kaz? Did you hear him speak on that box? You know, how often have you seen that check yes or no to whether or not you've committed a felony before on an application. And as a former hiring manager, I remember seeing that box, and I also remember the looks on so many applicants' faces when they disclosed their previous history and their record. You know, it's a hurdle that a lot of men and women have to, have to overcome, and it's really difficult. So I invited Nate from episode two to come back and share his experience with this box. Because I never like took up the time out here. You know, I shoot around or whatever, but I never like played on the team or, you know, anything. It just, I just didn't care for, you know, but when I got locked up, it ain't much to do, you know, but play basketball, lift weights or something, you know, so when I picked up the basketball and uh, I actually, you know, surprised myself with, you know, my quick growth and, you know, just, Seeing guys see it in me, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I mean, I was just like, wow, if I would have did this when I was out there with proper coaching. <laughs> but, but, isn't, you know, but isn't it like, isn't that like a common story? There's so many cats in prison, like, had they exactly. Yeah. That's, that's to hone your skills at. That's where you identify with your talents because we so distracted out here. You know what I'm saying? With whatever, whether it be the streets, your little girlfriend, school, your mom and dad, whatever you distracted with, when you put in there, you put, you sat completely still. And the majority of the time, you can't do nothing but think. That's it. And that, that's what makes it so rough. You know, that's, that's what makes it because you can't do nothing but think. You can't act. You can't act on nothing. <laughs> so you just sitting there going over, over in your mind how to do this, why you did this. It's just, it's just a thought process in there. But when you get control of it, you know what I'm saying? When you be able to, you know, what they call like compartmentalize, you yeah. know, your your thoughts, you know, take this and place it here and focus on this and don't worry about this right now. Oh, man. It's, it's, I mean, guys, I mean, it's so so much talent on the yard. I mean, from artists, I mean, uh, singing, rapping. Uh, it, it's crazy. It is so crazy. Just smart. I mean, guys just super duper smart. You know, I'm in school with them, and they fly through the tech like it's just, I'm like, why are you here? You know? But. So. So when you when you finally got out, what year was it when you got out? Two thousand and seven. And I guess um, I feel like you and I will probably have another conversation um, about different aspects about you re-entering uh, society. But I want you just to briefly um, tell me: Do you feel like the system gave you enough tools? to adjust to life outside of prison once you left in 07? 
I don't want to give prison the credit, you know. In all honesty, you know, because it's, it's not it's not there to give me tools. That's not that's not what it's there for. You know, they put little tools in there to make it look good, you know. But that's not what it's there for. It's there to kill me. It's, it was there. It's, it, it was. It's there to break me down. That's why so many of us are in there. You know what I'm saying? It, this whole, you know, conception was for us. You understand when I say us, I'm saying you know the black race. You know? Oh yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I mean, a tool they ain't give me nothing. They they offer me some classes. I got a uh, I got a college uh, associate degree in business administration. I got trades in carpentry, electrical, culinary uh, arts, and I can do all this stuff. I can do it good, like I said, because I'm, I'm not a slow leak, but. When I come out here and and apply for this job, they don't care what I got. The only thing that matters is what I did. So wow. so where where my where my where my tools at? Where my tools at? You know, <laughs> yeah, I ain't did nothing for me. It's it's they say that the system is supposed to rehabilitate us. You know, in all my my paperwork, you know, it's saying rehabilitative. Uh, 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 what is voc- vocational rehabilitation? All this, hey, no, it, 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 it's not gonna work if society don't believe in it. Society got to believe. Uh, IBM got to believe in you know the North Carolina Department of Correction. You know, saying ability to rehabilitate me in order for them to want to hire me. Because if they don't, you know, they I'm still that guy. I'm still that guy. When you pull my background, I'm still that guy that you're looking at. Cause they don't believe nobody believes in the system. Nobody will, nobody's you know standing up for the system. Say, hey, the system works. You know these guys are really being rehabilitated. They're really coming out here doing a great job and this that, and other. Like, nobody's doing that. You know why? Because the recidivism rate is ninety two percent. Nobody's gonna say we're doing a great job because we're going right back. So I mean, they ain't do nothing for me. They locked me up. I lost a whole lot while I was there, and I grew. I grew. You know, I, I grew mentally, I grew physically, you know, and they turned me loose. Listening to Nate and hearing the frustration in his voice illustrated one thing for me. It showed me that for every Cosmarte TED Talk, there are probably scores and scores of stories that look nothing like that. Stories from men and women who are having a tough time finding employment. Recently, the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina, Mayor Keith Benjamin, made news when he showed his public support for a law being proposed in Columbia. That law is called Ban the Box. What that law would do is remove that question from applications that requires applicants to disclose their criminal history. I think this is a huge hurdle being removed. I think this is a great way to have folks really find better economic opportunities for themselves. We continue this discussion about economic empowerment with Scotty back at the shop in North Charleston. How you, how you feel after you get like a fresh cut, a fresh lineup? Yo, I, you can't tell a nigga shit, yo. First thing I want to do is go home, put on something clean, and show my hair cut off. See how, see, see how many eyes I can get. 
for real. I love getting a haircut. A haircut, getting a haircut like putting on um, a new pair of shoes every week. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So do you come to this this shop often? Um, when I'm home, I I do. But I'm I'm a real loyal guy, so I've been I've been with my my barber for about nine years. And that's in Charlotte. Yeah. You commute to Charlotte, to Charlotte from Charleston. I, I, I wish. <laughs> But but what do you like about this shop? Um, because I know the guys in here, and um, it's comfortable. But I feel this way in any black barbershop. It doesn't matter where I'm at. When you go to the bar, uh, the black barbershop, it's always love. Uh, I love it. You think that um, there are a lot of guys in here that that have a similar story to yours? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's because we part of the black community. You know, everybody get their haircut. So any man that walks through that door, um, the possibility of him um, being on probation or parole or uh, uh, um, being incarcerated before is a high probability. Just because we we black men. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. But the great thing about it is, is like, like this barbershop we in today, one of the owners used to be in prison. Now he came out and he created his own job. He, create, he created his own job and on top of creating his own job, <laughs> he offered jobs to other people in his community. So that's what I want to do. He my hero. <laughs> no, but seriously, I I, I um I applaud guys. Um, do, do, wait, do they know your story? No, they don't. They don't. They, they everybody know what they think they know. Yeah. What, what that means? Everybody got their own conclusions. Uh, Assumptions. Oh, I heard this and I heard that. You ain't hear it from me. You know. But they familiar with it. Everybody familiar with it that knows me. Well, that's it for episode five of Free Scotty J. Please join us next time. Until then, please stay free. <laughs>